Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John and Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John Answer and the Dave. door. Knock, knock. Who is there? It's John Why are they and ringing Dave the doorbell? We've John got a doorbell Dave. for a reason. <laughs> John, you have two choices. Okay. The first is you eat better every day, but it's really difficult. Go on. That's choice one. Two, the second is you eat better every day, but it's really easy. <laughs> Man, that's tough. This is already taking too long. That you is tough. Okay. Sorry. Well, okay. I, I, I prefer the second one where yep. you eat better every day yep. and it's yeah, really that's right. easy. That's the right answer. Uh, in fact, I'd like for it to take the form of delicious ready-to-eat meals. Can oh, I add that to the scenario? Mac, you are going to love Factor. Are you ready for factor. pre-prepared, yes. chef-crafted, yes. and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door? John, let's tell them quickly what's not going to happen. Where are they not delivering? They're not going to leave it on the corner. Nope. Nope. Unless you live right on the corner. Yeah, then they're going to live it. They're not going to find a street child. We have those everywhere in 12 South. And street just give child. it to the street child as they disappear into a back alley somewhere. No, it's not going to happen. And listen, yeah. you said dietitian approved. Yeah. Dave, you know this is about me. I only eat food that's, that's dietitian approved. That's why I said approved. it, John. Not only that, but you'll also have over 35 meals to choose from. You come to me and, and you say every week, Dave, I'll take 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. And it, it is 35, John, meals to choose from. And that's per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, yes. vegan, and yes. veggie, and what we call that the VNV, mm-hmm. and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Dave, the only question that I'm left with is what am I waiting mm. for? Okay, I'll answer my own question. Okay. Nothing. Whoa. Right? Okay. I'm Just ready for factors two-minute meals. They're not three minutes. You don't have time for that. Two minutes. So I can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, again, Dave, straight to your door. Knock, knock, who's there? Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices. Let me tell you what they're not going to do, John. Hot I'm going to be warm-pressed. Not even warm. Oh, no. There was a huge fad in the 70s. Didn't work. <laughs> Smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, <laughs> veggie sides, and more to eat. To eat, to keep you energized. Eat, and they're going to keep you energized, John. During <laughs> frantic times. I'm frantic right now because I'm so, so pumped up. I'm so pumped up. Dave, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. Ooh. You know I love upscale. upscale. You're Uptown, upscale, girl. I was going to say. You're- yeah. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Gracious. Right? I do 18 for sure. Yeah. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your delivery Anytime. Anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use code dadville50 to get 50% off. No, that can't be right. No, it is. That's too good of a deal. Yeah. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off. That's half if my math is correct. (laughs) It is. Go get it, guys. Dadville. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Andrew Peterson. Welcome to Dadville, everybody. This is a really fun um, episode that... um, Andrew Peterson is with us and who tried to avoid 
the first interview. Twice. You, we really twi- had to hunt twice. Down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We have, you're maybe the most pursued guest we've had on. Oh, I'm so flattered. Yeah. Um, and, and super annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to try to leave in the middle of this. It's a healthy combination. Uh, um, so, Andrew, uh, is you admitted you'd listen to this podcast so much, so you'll know this. Mm. But um, what we do is we begin every podcast with what we call the brag sheet. So people are listening kind of get uh, uh, filled into what you're doing. And, I mean, yours may be the most diverse. Right, John? I mean, this is a – we have, like, you know, people w- that have done whatever. But this is, like, really – it's super diverse. Okay, let's just get into it. Uh, okay. I like where this starts. Founding member of the Square Peg Alliance – Mm. little shout out. CCM Magazine voted his debut album, Carried Along, as one of the top 10 albums of the year. And this is back when, like... Are you just going to read my Wikipedia page? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's more than that. Um, uh, that but, was in ni- 99 or 2000 or but something. But that was back. Like, that was when... Trying to say this without getting myself in trouble. That's like... There were good albums. That's it not It was a like, different scene, for sure. Oh, I yes. thought you were going to yeah, comment yeah. on CCM, the magazine. Oh gosh, no! I actually, have a lot of love for it. Made th- like there was a time when it was, no, like, it was doing really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the thing. That was the, the, so. If the you're hearing this, takeaway that John has enmity towards CCM. No, um, I didn't say anything. Okay, uh, nominated for three doves. That's amazing. Um, uh, founded a ministry called the Rabbit Room, which I love, and Rabbit Room Press, which has published over thirty books, which is insane. Written nine books. Nine books? I guess so. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? I don't Enough know. books that you're not sure how yeah, many books yeah. you've sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's how many. Yes. Uh, including a four-book series of young adult fantasy novels called The Wing Feather Saga, which, are they my favorite? Are they? You're in them. Well, I'm a huge fan of those. We'll get to that. <laughs> He's published two nonfiction memoir books, Adorning the Dark, which is 2019, and then last year's The God of the Garden, which won Book of the Year from Christianity Today and World. That's amazing. Jeez. Come on, dude. Stop flexing. Released 14 studio albums, two live albums, two Christmas albums. Had two songs from his children's album, I Love This, Slugs and Bugs and Lullabies, appear on VeggieTales, which would be the first thing on my list if, okay. if I had that. That would be VeggieTales. They don't pay there. very well, just for the record. <laughs> just what? <laughs> Recently launched a film and TV production company, Shining Isle Productions, to produce an animated film based on uh, the books. Animated series, yes. A series. Based on books, yeah. oh, dead gum. That's okay. I knew I was going to get this wrong. What if you left? I you know, going to make a fool of us, Dave. Do <laughs> 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 it. Every time. Um, this is all memorized, too. I'm not reading this. Um, his uh, The Warden and the Wolf King won Children's Book of the Year in 2015 from the World Magazine. And we hadn't even really talked about how amazing the tour of uh, uh, Behold the Lamb of God is, too. I mean, mm. this is, again, there is, I mean, like, when do you sleep? Exactly. That's a great question. I'm asking a lot of hard questions about that very thing right now. So really? Try, try, just you fell to... asleep for a little bit while you were reading <laughs> <I> t- that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I, I told somebody this a uh, couple of years ago. I remember uh, somebody who who was new at the record label I'm, I'm with um, was like, ah, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to meet you. Like, how do you do the stuff? Like, how do you do the diversity of things, whatever? And I felt in that moment, I, I realized, I felt like this was like God giving me this little blessing. Mm. Like I felt cool that he was impressed with me. Mm. And I felt this little catch in my heart that was like, ooh, careful. Like, mm. and, and what I found myself saying to the guy was, dude, don't be impressed by me. Like a wow. lot of that is, is a combination of ambition and fear. Mm. Like sometimes I'm guilty of biting off more than I can chew because I'm 
scared, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. growing up poor pastor's kid, like the mm-hmm. feeling of like, Oh, I've got to, got to make move and shake and make things happen. And, and often find myself in situations where I'm just like, you know, mentally exhausted, not flourishing because mm-hmm. I've like said yes to too many things or, or tried too many ideas. And my wife, bless her heart, tries to like, pull me back from that stuff. So in that moment, I was kind of like, dude, please don't be impressed. Like if anything, pray for me, like Mm -hmm. help me to figure out how to just exist in the way that I was meant to without mixing. And the good news is all that stuff gets redeemed. Like it's okay. Like God, God makes good of our mess. Yeah. But, um, but when I hear that list, I'm just like, man, what was I thinking? (laughs) Well, it's funny. That's the next question we ask is like, when you hear this, we love asking this question. Like, what do you think? And so your response is my response is that sounds like a guy who's trying way too hard. <laughs> that may be the best uh, response we've ever. Well, had. I I went through this thing. I can't remember when it was last year or some sometime where I, I told Dave I was like, hey, for the next three months, I think I'm gonna do like a little experiment where I only do what I actually want to do hmm. on any given day. And I never, quite, I never did it. But as, I, as I, opposed to stuff you feel obligated to do, or people are trying to get you to do, just stuff his wife yes. asks him to do, <laughs> just housework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to do the dishes. So yeah. No. So no. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't involve that kind of stuff. It would be more professionally. I'm only going to do the stuff that I actually want to do. But the reason why I never quite did it was I never quite landed on how I felt about the idea of that <laughs> it experiment. Gets, it mm-hmm. got stuck there. It's, it kind of got stuck there. But I'm wondering, like, when you say that, that that guy came up and was like, how, did, how do you do all this? And you're like, dude, not all this is fueled by a healthy place. Mm-hmm. What's the ratio there? Like, is it, are there, how much of that brag sheet would be carved out if Andrew Peterson only <laughs> did only operated out of like abundance you know what i mean man that is a great question Look, this the, is what we the, have and here. that's part of why it's such a yeah <laughs> that's why it's such a conundrum that i can't quite get to the bottom of is because if in isolation mm-hmm. i love every one of those things right like i'm so excited to get to do each of those things it's just the pylon and the overlap and the, mm-hmm. um that i find myself in these binds i think one one of the big revelations i bet you guys have experienced this too was the uh Lockdown in 2020 we did was experience that. hard for a lot of people. And I'm not mm-hmm. making light of that at all because I know it was very difficult. I mean, people literally got sick and died. There yeah. was su- real suffering. Yeah. But as a traveling musician who was told one day, you basically have to stay home for the next nine months yeah, or ten yeah. months or whatever. Yeah. I was scared at first. I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And then my manager was like, well, you're not having to pay for the tour, so you're going to be okay. You can coast yeah. for a minute. yeah. yeah. And I wish I, I was like, why didn't you tell me this two years ago? <laughs> uh, this yeah, the whole time? yeah. And so, but then I entered into the season where I, f- for the first time, I felt like when I see pictures of myself, I look like a, a younger, better mm-hmm. version of myself. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful to have somebody force me to stop moving. Oh, hundred um, percent. And, and trust, have yeah. to just kind of trust that things are going to be okay instead of feeling like I'm responsible for making things be okay, you know? Right, right. Um, and so that that kind of put in stark relief the way that I'd been living my life up to that point mm. and am back to it. It's like when everything came back, it felt like it came back with a vengeance, mm. for mm-hmm. me at least. And, um, and that's part of why I'm in this kind of like, wait, w- I miss some things about what we had two mm. years ago. And I'm I trying totally to recover to sa- yeah. Sabbath or something. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Do you so you you said this in in route to explain that, and and we want to kind of go back and talk about this anyway. But do you think that has some, um, as you said, poor pastor's kid, which I can, you know, that resonates with me too. Um, I assume you meant spiritually poor, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, but like, do, do you think some of that is left left over? Like some of the way that you operate now is kind of uh, uh, you know remnants of that of that growing up. I think so. Yeah, I totally think the. Well, you know, in a different way, people who work in the ministry can work way harder than I think most people realize. That's a, that's a great word, yes. And my dad was the pastor at a small church, so he was the main guy on staff, you know, mm-hmm. in the little town in the south. And so he had to do so much and uh, did most of it himself. And I would see the stress. And I remember asking him as a kid, like, why, why do you do this? This is so hard. And he would be like, you know, he would say it's the best job in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I would, would rather do this than anything else with my time. It's the kingdom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then like f- to find myself, like I thought of myself early on as doing something very different from my dad. Mm. And now that I'm down the road, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> right. Working really Isn't hard. Amazing? Um, and yeah. I, you know, Eugene Peterson, you know, mm-hmm. his, uh-huh. I heard him speak one time and somebody asked him if he had any regrets over the course of his ministry. And he said, I would have taken more vacation. Wow. Jeez. And I was like, oh, yeah, did we ever take vacation? And part of it is because we couldn't afford it. And part of it is because this life that w- my dad m- was living and that we were engaged in was just really busy. It was pretty yeah. constant. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I feel like, especially if you're a traveling musician, you, you yeah. don't get weekends. Yeah. Was, like 2020 was the first time I knew what weekends were. Like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was amazing. People but, were like, hey, Andrew's at church. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, you hang out on Saturdays? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> right. Um, this you is why just I didn't naturally have any grab, friends. Like you just, you just, like a, a Pavlovian grabbed your guitar at like 5.30 every Saturday. Yeah. Like, what is happening right now? Like, yeah. all right, everybody, gather around. I don't know. <laughs> you just know. start what? walking to a higher ground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting at dinner thanking your family for being there. Thank you, guys. <laughs> for being here it really means a lot uh, you guys have been great <laughs> you guys have been great <laughs> so so where did you grow up let's let's do that whole thing yeah. what was the house like where you grew up um it, so i it was in central illinois like farm country okay small town illinois until i was seven what was and the name of the town monticello kind of near normal okay. that kind of area yeah. champagne yep. yeah kind of around there yeah. and so uh and yeah it was just like this norman rockwell I th- mm-hmm. When I read Calvin and Hobbes as a kid, I always thought of Illinois because it was very much like wow. that. It was like running around in the woods and sledding and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then my dad and mom, who were Florida natives, when I was seven, moved us to Florida okay. to be closer to their family. And, uh, and so I was lifted out of this very, you know, um, idyllic Midwestern childhood and thrust into the Deep South. And yeah. so spent the rest of my uh, childhood and adolescence kind of dealing with that contrast mm-hmm. like i've done a lot of counseling working so you were that. seven when you guys moved down there mm-hmm. so that's we're in first Florida? grade second grade jacksonville for a couple of years and then then a little prison town called lake butler okay uh, which is where like ted bundy was executed oh my and gosh. like half the town worked for the prison my mom worked for the prison system and so, uh, is it, and it, in many ways a wonderful place great people there and and like a mayberry kind of situation but but it's also the deep south so it comes with a lot of kind of crazy craziness cultural 
culturally. And so, you know, li- living in a place where no one had an accent, as I thought of it, and then right. being thrust into oh, the wow. heavy accent in Deep South. Everybody called me a Yankee. There was, you know, Civil War hist- racism and stuff in the water there and um, all the baggage that comes with that. This is very disorienting mm. as a kid. And uh, and also, I'm really thankful for it. I'm not, I don't want to mm. bash it. Uh, I think I missed a lot of the magic because I was homesick for Illinois. You mm. know? Right. Um, Which, yeah. seven years old, my, my wife actually moved from Arizona to Ohio. Same situation. My, her dad was a pastor they moved to ohio and she had she vividly remembers her first day of first grade in ohio Mm -hmm. and how kind of like you know it kind of comes off as as this trivial moment in her life but through i hope she's okay with me saying this but through you know years of of conversations and therapy and stuff like that she's like it just this memory keeps coming up Mm -hmm. you know so it's really impactful yeah time for sure to make a move like that definitely yeah and and the al andrews who you know when Mm, uh, uh he and i were talking working through some of this stuff he's a counselor um in town and he uh you know i was telling him through tears i was like i don't understand why none of my siblings felt the same way and he said you could interview the same family and every kid would describe a completely different family. Yeah. Right. So like the age that you were at the Mm. birth order, all of the stuff, the way that your heart was wired means that the same event is experienced completely differently. Isn't that Mm -hmm. fascinating? Yeah. And so so, how many siblings do you have and where are you on the, so I have an older brother, Pete who lives here in town. He's a playwright and a, a novelist and a, the executive director of the, of the rabbit room. Mm-hmm. So he works with the press and um, he's amazing, brilliant dude. And uh, three years older and then two younger sisters. Okay. Yeah. So I, w- I was middle child, but we were, like, we were like two like two bros and then two little sisters who were like enemy camps under the same roof. We were terrible brothers, just picked on them way too much. And how, f- how far between you and your sister? Next two, two years each. My, oh, wow. my brother's three, but you know, for part of the year two. So I remember my parents making a stand there at church and saying, Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? The Petersons. And I was standing there at, I was the six year old going, oh, Mom, this is so stupid. Please don't make us do this. <laughs> but, but that, I remember that vividly that we were like stair stepped perfectly yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah, my sisters are in Louisville and Atlanta. Okay. Okay. John, John, John. So sorry to interrupt. I want to talk to the Dadville fans real quick, okay? That's fine. Dave, I wasn't talking. Hey there, Dadville fans. Are you ready to turn your dad space into the ultimate dad haven? <laughs> Look no further than Home, home Threads. threads. Wait, no, John, I have to do sorry. I want to do the intro. Where style meets dad approved Proof comfort. comfort. So don't do that. Sorry, I'm just same page. It's okay. like we're, okay. okay. Listen, at HomeThreads.com, you can explore furniture designed for the modern dad. From recliners that embrace you like a bear hug. Please don't do that. To sturdy, kid-friendly tables for those epic dad projects. Dave, I'm telling you. Whisper track. I'm I'm getting mad. We've got the pieces to make your dad plans a smashing success. That's right. Hey, John. Yeah. I love my new Sloan Alabaster table lamp. I just got from HomeThreads.com. It's designed to highlight the elegance and allure of art deco glamour. Adorned by brass gold details and topped with an off-white cotton chain. I know. I just, imagine, you know, how good it's going to look once you stop hugging it and actually or plug it in. Or once you stop trying to steal it. Okay. 
I'm just saying. I love it too. Jeez. Okay, and it reminds me that when I think Art Deco, I, know. I think, think Dave two words, Barnes. Dave yeah. Barnes. I know. Yeah, and maybe the, the Great Gatsby. Yeah, but, but mostly Dave, Dave Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. And John, my Art Deco table lamp is only the beginning. Okay. Home Threads has every piece of furniture you could possibly imagine. I just don't like that you're licking it. Well, it but you do you really good. And also, you're right, Dave. They have bedding, side tables, rugs, chairs kitchen and dining and so much more it's it's really amazing i know and homethreads.com always has great deals with discounts on pricing and shipping dave if i can interrupt you for a second go to homethreads.com slash dadville i'm doing this line today and get a code for 15 percent off your order this is my line you got it john homethreads.com slash dadville to get a code for 15 percent off your order because being a dad, <laughs> it's an adventure. adventure. And your home should be the perfect, perfect base camp. Home Threads. Love, love where, where you live. live. Dave, love I need it. to talk to you. Oh. Dave. John. Jeez, that was quick. We, we have, our reps are really paying off. <laughs> really Dave, paying off. you're a podcast guy. Yes. Right? Yes. Have you checked out Annie F. Downs' podcast? I have, but can I ask you really quickly, do I look, I feel like you, you're body typing me. Like a you like you have a podcast body, yeah. Sort of like I look like a guy who sits around and listens to a lot of podcasts. It's no. okay, but let me address your second question. Okay. Have I listened and or checked out Andy and Town's podcast, John? Just tell me. Of course, yes. Christian author, it. let me tell you about her. Okay, Christian author and speaker Annie F. Downs, F is for fun, mm-hmm. shares her favorite things new books, faith conversations, restaurants, travel stories, musicians not to miss, interviews with friends. She does Pretty it all. much, listen, she does it if all. it sounds fun to Annie, yep. you're going to hear about it. Well, I figured you had yeah. heard of her. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I, I, cat's out of the bag here. Yeah. John, we're on our network. We are. You know, are. and also, we're literal friends. Literal and friends. And also, we've been on the podcast. Yes, we have. Gosh. It's. it's but it's less like a podcast, I would say, and yeah. more like coffee with yep. friends. You know, yep. it features her favorite things and favorite people, like Dave. Can I tell you about who who the superstars? Okay, please. A few of my favorite episode yeah. episodes, other than obviously the ones we've been on. <laughs> I mean, uh, if those we are my, can say that. Those are my ringtones. Check out episode three seventy five with Kristen Chenoweth, or three seventy one with Dadville alum Ben, ben Rector. Rector. New episodes come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, people. You know what? Just for fun, I'm unsubscribing and then resubscribing just, right now. Just to feel it just feels so to, good. It, oh, the click. <laughs> so satisfying. So go to wherever you get podcasts and search for That Sounds Fun and subscribe today. And, and so with that, was, was your home, like when y'all moved, was your home a place that you felt like you could go to and kind of be safe and escape? Or was even that a little tentative with dad being kind of so busy and yeah i don't i can't get into it a whole lot but it was not it was not it was a complicated yeah childhood yeah part of that was my own fault part of it was just culturally part of it's just kind of like you know the stuff they say about preacher's kids being the worst kind my usual joke is that um elders kids are way worse (laughs) Uh, hey (laughs) uh and so anyway (laughs) that was awesome Don't forget to tie it on your way out. <laughs> That's right. Um, anyway, yeah, there was a lot of that. I was pretty stereotypical, you know, Eddie Haskell kind of like really nice to the church ladies, but uh, my heart, gotcha. my heart was evil. Mm. And um, <laughs> so then, how how you you went through high school there? Then so y'all stayed, yeah. And then and then where'd you go for college? I so the year after high school, I um I joined a really lousy rock band. Mm. 
Um, I've the, never heard a rock band described as lousy. We by the were way. that. Yeah, we like, were, I don't even know how to think of what that would mean. Uh, would you like me to elaborate? Please. So we. So when I was in like junior high, this band came to play at our high school or junior high and high school assembly, and they played like Journey songs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know Great White, whatever. Oh, and, thank you for that. Yes, Great and uh, White. and then you know would give it like a speech at the end about believing in yourself. Oh, okay. And then they'd be like, "We're coming back tomorrow night and for then, a full don't show." Stop. Totally. Believe. Remember what in we yourself. said. Yeah. <laughs> in yourself. So that was the the vibe, and I remember filling out a card that said, "I would be interested in joining this company one day," and so. All my friends were going off to college, and I was a terrible student. I just wanted to play music. And then this call comes in, like the summer after I graduated high school, and I was living with my parents trying to figure out what to do next. I had, like, begun the enrollment process at, the like, the local community mm-hmm. college because I just didn't know what to do. And they called and said, hey, we're, well, you filled out this card six years ago. Would you like to audition for the touring band to play high school assemblies? And I was like, wow. it was like a ray of heaven shone down around me. And I went and auditioned and made the band. And it was the year the company went under. Uh, but but the, it was, when I say lousy, I mean it was a, they were cobbling together mus- whatever musicians they could find. Four bands with the same name, with the same merch, traveling different regions of America, playing on average 15 shows a week. So we would play... 15 shows a week? Yeah, we would play... And it's it was like a James it was a set Brown list that stuff. was like passed down to us by uh-huh, the execs right. to fashion, you know. So it was like um it was in the Octung Baby year. So it was oh. like uh that, mysterious ways was oh, one of the songs that, were, that y'all were terrible at that weren't we you? were so bad oh, it was I so bad. i played bass which is so funny i have no rhythm i i but i was the <laughs> bass player long hair i wore a vest it was that kind of like oh, of 80s thing but we we would play the junior high in the morning unload it all ourselves you know get the kids to help us whatever and then we would play the 50 minute set you know that involved a skit and you know getting teachers out of the crowd like don't do drugs kind of skit or yeah what? believe in yourself it was it was just hollow it was it was lame <laughs> it was lousy. but it was an excuse to whatever so then we would pack it all up uh-huh. eat a quick lunch in the whatever town and then drive to the high school set it all up do the same skit <laughs> uh. tear it all down drive to yesterday's town play the two-hour night show and then crash and wake up and play the junior high in another town the next morning. And so Good we would do that. Night. And we got paid $90 a week. Oh, a week. 90 bucks a week. And we had to buy our own food. And uh, like if a guitar string broke, we had to pay for that. So it was just like, there were probably labor laws. Because yeah, surely oh, this I, is I don't totally now. know. But I mean, we were all 18 and up. So And, yeah. and I was playing music and it got me out of town. Yeah. And so when you say that you were all you wanted to do is play music, what, what is it that you're like, who, who are the people and or bands that you're looking at going, that's who I want to be? Oh, man. That you're sitting in your room playing. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a kid, so Tom Petty was from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, from. Gainesville, yeah. And uh, so Gainesville was the town that we went to the mall. OK. For. OK. OK. And so Tom Petty and Skinnerd. Yep. And uh, like my first song on the guitar was "Patience" by Guns N' Roses. Yes, it was. It was a great first song on it's the a, guitar. That is a really great song. And, and uh, you can whistle solo it. So yeah, like, no, right? You got all you need right there. Yep. And uh, and so it was that stuff. It was mostly hair metal-y stuff. And then, but then you know, mixed in with that, it was like I found myself liking Crowded House or yeah, 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 like, yeah. There were little hints of better music. And then one day I heard "Walking in Memphis" on the radio, my senior year of high school, I think. And I was like, "What is this?" New devilry. Uh-huh. I was like, this thing I must know. So I drove to Turtles Music in Gainesville. Yes. 
and bought the Kasingle. Remember Kasingles? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. And a little like cardboard sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think on the other side of Walking in Memphis was Silver Thunderbird. Oh, God. And so Mark Cohn was the guy that made me really fall in love with songwriting. I was yeah. like, oh, there's a, th- a whole other thing out there. Yeah. And so, you Mark know, it's and Toad the Wet Sprocket. Quick, yes, I, I, I yeah. thought you were going to say Toad. Um, quick aside, this might make you giggle. The So, when I was in college, I was down in, uh, wow, this is all kind of uh, circuit. <laughs> and, uh, I was. Uh, we'll, we'll edit in the word. I think that's a plan in Star Wars. But um, I was down in Florida doing a Campus Crusade summer. Mm-hmm. And dog named David oh, came man. down and played. Right? I forgot about them. Yeah. Right? So they're playing, and um, and I was. This was like me really getting into to singing and songwriting. So this is probably like my sophomore year. Uh-huh. And uh, and one of the guys, I can't remember which one. You know, we got to hang with him for the day, which for me was just mainline crack cocaine. Because like I was hanging <laughs> with guys that played acoustic, mm-hmm. sang, toured. I was like, this is I, like I have direct access to people that I want to be. Yeah, which was dangerous. But one of the things that he, that I remember one of the guys said was because I was kind of like, "What music y'all like?" and he was like, "The Rainy Season" by Mark Cohn. Like you have to hear that record. Oh. And that is my it, if it's not my favorite record, it's one of my two favorite records. Yeah. And so it was for me too. Oddly enough, like that record for me, yeah, songwriting wise, especially was great like, record. The second record, nobody really bought it because it geez. didn't have a huge hit, but it is so good. I think it's so good. I think it's a lot better than the first. Just yeah. me. I mean, and I love the first. Yeah. I mean, he can kind of do it wrong. But so, how did you get into music in the in the first place, though? Um, I just I don't remember really. I remember I was this skinny, non sportsy kid, and. Uh-huh. I was into comic books and fantasy novels. I was kind of and skateboarding. I was a big skater, Ugh. and I I was like uh, into kind of that whatever my friends were into in my little southern town. It was mostly country music, and mm-hmm. I was trying to like carve out my own identity. Right. So I was into like whatever they were into. I thought was dumb. So I would be like, no, country music's all stupid and. <laughs> And have come, you all heard rat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you guys don't understand how great Cinderella is. <laughs> the, the deep waters of Cinderella. And so looking <laughs> back, I I realize now to my shame that I missed out on some great music yeah, and some great right, fun. Right. But I was just kind of, at first, you know, when you're a kid, music is like you're, uh, you identify so closely with it. Yeah. Right. And I've thought as a parent, like, you know, and I tell other parents this, like, pay attention. When your kid is playing their music in their other room and, and it's turned up loud enough for you to hear, chances are they want you to That's know that this is word. what they're hearing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, like, there's some part of them mm-hmm. is in this. So pay yeah. attention to it. You that, know? And I don't know if you feel this way. We laugh about this a lot, John and I, but, like, one of the worst things about the, what we three do as an occupation, being music, yeah. is that every now and then, and I, I'm not proud of this. This is me at some of my lowest moments. But my kids will go, because, you know, I'm chauffeur every morning to school. Yeah. Dad, play X band. No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and they'll go, well, we, and I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not listening to that. So uh-huh. give me another song. <laughs> and I know what you know, which uh-huh. is like your kid. And I'm like, I don't, I can't make myself listen to that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like my brain <laughs> will only do violent things if that comes in. Yeah. And so I feel terrible because I'm like, and the other day, Ben wanted to listen to a song and I was like, I really, and I was like, just do it. And we listened probably every morning for like a week and a half. Oh, it's hard. 
And I was like, you know. You should bargain with him, though. Be like, yeah. we can play that song if I get to play you a song I love next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a good word. I think, because it is really fun to get to curate your kids' yeah. art, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I for a little window of time, you get to choose the movies they're watching. and So choose great movies. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, my buddy Brandon Hayes, who plays drums with me, he said that his dad, who was a fire chief, who, whose name was Viper, no joke. So he, call, he calls his own dad Viper. Is that the greatest um, thing? I have so you should, many questions. You should have him on the podcast because just he's great. because of that, he's on. Yeah, but yes, uh, but his dad was also a drummer for a season and like played well, Rush yes, covers that kind of thing. Playing yeah. Rush, if your name is Viper, and he's a fire chief, Jeez. right? Yeah. Like Brandon was destined for greatness, but he told <laughs> me that his dad would would declare it like, okay, this is Tom Petty week. So in the morning on the way to school, oh, I love that. He would just say, I love nope, that. this is what we're listening to." It's and all the next in the, week in the way you Wonder. sell it to your kids. Yeah. Also, yeah. if your name is Viper. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to cross your dad. If yeah. And he said that he didn't Viper. like. He's like, "Yeah, as a kid, I didn't get it. I didn't really like it. But now he has Thanks been given it. this yeah. deep well of. Great I remember, music, you know, like I've never thought about that. What you said, like, chances if your kids are blasting their music, chances are they subconsciously want you to hear. Mm-hmm. I remember blasting. Um, Blood, sweat, and tears hmm. in seventh Jeez, grade. Look at you from so my, well, but I know there was part of me at least that was like, I want my dad to hear that I'm listening to a band that he loves. Like, yes, totally. You know, mm-hmm. without really, I don't think I consciously thought about it. I genuinely liked him, and I still listen to them yeah. to this yeah. day. But like, I definitely wanted him to know, hey, dad, I'm I like it too. Yeah, like it's a like a, a wordless way of connecting. Yes, right. With somebody who's sometimes hard to connect with. You know yeah. what I mean. And so, like, you know, I love my dad, and he he loves music in his way, but, like, we've never gotten to, go, like, go to a concert together where we both loved the artist there. Yeah. Um, but, man, one of the fun things that happens is that the, the tables turn when your kids are in high school, mm. and they start telling you this... Hey dad, let me curate your music. Yes, experience. right. Yes, like because right. yes. I I get this stuck in the rut. You yes, know? yes. And man, they love good music. Yeah. And like so, like almost everything they listen to, I'm like, give me more, give me more. Yeah. And so they're kind of shaping my taste now. Oh, in the cool. I'll way. be we we laugh about this. I'll be in a co-write because you know I write with so many other people, uh, for whatever. And um, the, I mean like I never I never feel older than in this moment. And anything that happens in my life, almost this moment is when I feel the eldest, mm-hmm. elderest. Circuitous. We'll, we'll work on the, that. Um, when they go, oh, yeah, like, what have you been listening to? You know, because I'm writing with uh, people that are mostly 10 and 15 years old. Right, yeah. Which I feel so thankful they want to write with me. That's I'm already winning there that they're like, hey, you know, sure. we thought you were dead, but now you're here. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, they'll say, like, dude, have you heard this band, like, 50XQ? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And then they'll, and it's like, oh, and sometimes, like, that's amazing. Other times, I literally feel like my granddad, when I'm like, when does the music start? You know, oh, they're like, yeah. that's the chorus, bro. But they'll bring up these bands. I'm like, I don't even, they've toured with Black Snake. And D- I'm like, I don't, Smash. D Smash. <laughs> it's underscore emoji. You never heard of that? I'm like, with these bands. Like, I never feel, I'm like, I just, just walk off a cliff. I'm done. I can't contribute anything more. So, okay, so. Where, so what do you do after you get done with playing? Was it the Sunshine Crew? What's the name of the band? I don't want to tell you. Okay, good. <laughs> what do I you tell you didn't want to say? <laughs> you were navigating that oh, way too okay. well. So what did, what did you do after that? So uh, how long did you do that? Just for a I year? did it for one school year. One school and year. So it was like we so you you were playing fifteen shows a week for a year. Uh, well, six months or so. It's like, it was kind of like we started in That's a, so August. You, to you got December. to be a good bass player. I was going to no, say, did you? That's the thing. We were lousy. I was terrible. Because they were yeah. way more into like 
jumping off of speakers and headbanging than oh, any oh, kind oh. of musicianship. It was okay. all like entertain the kids, make a connection, do the thing, whatever. And it was ostensibly a ministry, but it wasn't. Oh, a okay. Ministry. It was yeah. like I didn't know Jesus. I was just like a lot of things, just wanted sadly. to get get to play rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah. So that was said every when guy I was that ever 18. played Striper, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was eighteen or so, so all my friends were in college. The this company went under, and the band broke up, and I ended up coming home. And now my hair was long, and I thought I'd seen the world yes. because I'd been to Wisconsin. <laughs> And uh, oh, yeah. our tools. <laughs> I I really. I've seen the world so, what did your parents think of this move? Like, you graduate from high school and you're going to go join I think this they band. were thrilled that I was just doing something, something. with my life. Yeah. Okay. John. Dave. Ah, still got it. Still yep. got it. Um, okay, John, I'm going to ask you a question. Please. Have you ever written lyrics in another language? You, oh. Listen, you're pretty good with your French, so this could be, I could imagine, possibly, oui, yes. Vrai. Oh, vrai, mon ami. You. Uh, you know, I have it. I mean, does does Klingon count? To me, yes. To my okay. children, no. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a house divided. Okay, I'm going to let that play just for me, but thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, Jeez. there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time and you want to learn a new language, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you actually use in the real world. Babbel's 15-minute lessons, that's right, 15 minutes, guys, make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Wow. So I'm thinking I'm going deeper with French because I okay. love French. Je dois. Yeah, Le Francais. How, oh, about, you? Hey, How about you? Jeez, flexing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Como te llama? You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's <laughs> tough for me. It's always going to be a little bit of like uh, pig Latin, but probably going right. to land in the in the land in the land of Spain and the Spanish. Just because I want to mm. be able to, you Espanol. know, I want to get out there, and mix it up, and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, there are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Ooh. Plus. It comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So, ahora, that means now. Oh, nice. <laughs> stop, stop. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, ahora, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six, six months. months. I know, for the price of just how many, John? Three. That's right. Three. Three. Oh, look at oh, us. Geez. We're already putting a tease. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code DADVILLE. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code dadville what a great deal three months and you get six months head over to babble.com and use the code dadville today was there some kind of like understood plan that they would prefer you to do do you know what i mean like did they want you to go to school and be an accountant that is a great question i'm not totally sure i think that they all really hoped that the kids would be in the ministry okay they wanted us to know Jesus. Yeah. And I, we were just kind of, <laughs> that, that was very doubtful for, uh-huh. for a long time, you know. Like my brother, when I was doing that, my brother joined the Marines during oh, wow. Desert Storm. Oh my gosh. And I was like on a ship in the Adriatic Sea and just, you know, living the Marine life. Also didn't, wasn't following Jesus. And I was kind of like rocking and rolling. And I just didn't get that. I just thought, well, I, I I don't know how to talk about it really, but, the, but I was, um, yeah, I came off the road and they were like, Oh, well that's over. What are you going to do now? And, uh, I didn't know. And so I 
called this buddy of mine who had the guy that taught me how to play guns and roses. Yes. We kept in touch. You know, we met at church camp. He lived in Jacksonville and we were still friends. And, uh, and I called him and I was like, dude, can I just come crash at your house? And he was like, sure, come on. And so I like packed up my stuff, told my mom and dad, I'm moving in with this guy and moved. And he was still in high school and, Hmm. and his parents were so amazing that they were just like, come on in. Like, and this post high school long haired loser guy just crashed in the bottom bunk of the their kids' bedroom for like six months and wow. while I figured it and their their family was this like really musical family and his mom used to sing in cover bands and could sing Steve Perry songs and so Oh my god. I spent all this time like learning how to play better music in their house. And they, and they were believers, so they he was involved in his church and was like leading songs at church and invited me to help him and I was like, this is going to be dumb. I hate these songs. But then one of them was a Rich Mullins song. Uh, oh, my that's gosh. The thing. That's the thing. Yeah. And so I... Um, what song was it? If I Stand Yeah, um, was the song that got me. But he asked me to learn it so he could sing it in church. And I played piano. And so I went to the church late one night in Jacksonville and like woodshopped that song, figured it out. And by the time I had finished it, it probably was more complicated than I make it sound. But the way that I think of it is... By the time I had finished the song, I I knew that Jesus was real Jeez. and I believed that he loved me. Good and night. and like and like from a career standpoint, I remember being just aimless. I had no idea what to do with my life. And it was like I was lost in the woods. And then I heard this song and it was like I turned and looked and there was this path forward. I was like, Oh, there's a way wow. to play music that Jeez. doesn't suck. Did you tell Rich that? No, he died the year I moved here. So I I, I met I him twice. Y'all, yeah, I remember y'all met. I didn't know. Quick fanboy meetings. Um, but the uh, I wish I could have told him that. Although he probably wouldn't have cared. You know, he probably got that all the time. But yeah, I just I just didn't know that you could be a songwriter, a real songwriter, mm-hmm. and not have to play the CCM game, mm-hmm. and uh, and also actually believe this stuff is real you know what i mean yeah and i did at that point i was like oh this is all real so what happened next um i i ended up um on a whim going to this christian college because this guy was graduating high school and i couldn't live at his house with him not there yeah and so i was like where are you going to school and he was like i'm going to florida christian college i was like called my dad i was like hey dad i think i'm gonna go to bible college now and of course he fainted you know he's just like we'll do whatever it takes to get you in it's all happening yeah and, um, and yeah, started school right after that. And it was like, you know, I'd grown up in the church, but really that was the first time I really was excited about who Jesus was wow. and, and like really believed that it was, it was so exciting to me, this whole story. And I was like, man, if, if I grew up with this and I missed it, how yeah. good this is then surely there are other people. And if I can sing about it and wow. make somebody else feel this way, I want to do it. And I met my wife at the orientation ice cream party <laughs> no and we got married a year later and in then, college mm-hmm. yeah i was 20 when we got married wow she was 22 she was two years ahead of me so we got married in college and uh that's when i started writing my own songs and mm. like really writing my own songs and starting to do concerts and um by the time i graduated i had this little indie record and so when did to nashville sorry real quick i just yeah. want to ask and i know that this is a uh, I don't. I don't. Know. This is a too big of a question, probably. And I know that 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 situation where you're growing up in the church, not interested, is is not unique by any means. But like, 
what do you think it what was it that that wasn't clicking do you know what i mean was yeah. it was was it your response to maybe just the stress that your parents were under and you're you're seeing that as being what the church is you know what i mean yeah it, i think it was a mis a fundamental misunderstanding of what christianity even was hmm. mm-hmm I just don't think I understood it. And and I think I'm still learning to understand it, but it's just better news than I thought it was. Wow. And and I had yeah. this hunch that that um it was how do I put it? Like from a very young age, I don't know if you guys ever felt this, but like I remember having like real unexplainable experiences with beauty. Hmm. Like hearing a song mm-hmm. and I f- could feel like the furniture inside me mm-hmm. rearranging. Mm-hmm. And like what is happening right now? All it is is a song. And, but something's happening. And when, as a kid, it was a lot of like, I love to be alone in the woods. I'd go, I had a little moped. I would ride around on the dirt roads, um, by myself and I loved it. And I would, you know, I have this vivid memory of parking my scooter out in a cornfield and watching the sunset over Florida and feeling very, I was like, there is more going on here than just a dude hurtling through space. Like, so I always... I had a of a line a line in the song um that I wrote that, that sums it up and it is uh, even in the days when I was young there seemed to be a song beyond the silence. Wow. And and so I think that was what it was. I was like there's something else here. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have that sense, this sense of transcendence. Yeah. But it didn't have a name. Uh-huh. I didn't understand what it was for and what I understood as the church could not explain that. And then right. it did. You know. Yeah. So realizing that that there was someone on the other side of it all that was that actually loved me mm-hmm. and liked me and and wanted me to experience the fullness of his kingdom when i realized that it just so many things kind of fell into place and i was like yeah. oh my gosh this is the amazing news mm. and um and so for rich mullins um it was i've thought a lot about it it was a combination of honesty truth and beauty mm-hmm. wow it was that he was honest he was a you know he was a smoker Right. He wrote about his own real loneliness. Yeah. Like you could hear his voice wasn't slick. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an annoying voice sometimes, but it sounded very authentic. Mm-hmm. And and he also, you could tell he loved the Bible, that he was actually telling this story as if it was a good and beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, it was beautiful because he was a killer songwriter. Yeah. Like from a craft standpoint, mm-hmm. you could tell that he was like not messing around. Yeah. And like when, you know, after he died, I was looking at lists of his favorite songwriters and it's Paul Simon and James Taylor. And mm-hmm. and so you could tell he was a student of the craft. So there was some combo of real songwriting, real care for the craft of music, mm. real honesty. And he was writing about the truth with a capital T. Yeah. And that just got my attention like nothing yeah. else had. You know, it's funny when That's I think amazing. about, were you on Essential? I was for a minute, yeah. Right, for the first record? Yeah, first okay. three records. I remember, you know, you putting that record out and this is i mean i was at either a christian bookstore or like blockbuster music for those who remember that um every week like release day i was there i love that when you could listen to open the cellophane and listen i would just budget so you know money and time to knowing i'm gonna go and just camp out and listen to records to new music and so that was that season for me that was that way. And I have so many memories of you and Bebo and Cademans mm-hmm. like coming through MTSU or Nashville or like some Knoxville. And I would go and it just felt like those shows were like me plugging into some like, you know, um, engine that was just like, I just, it was just getting so, cause it was like, y'all were doing, 
exactly what I was beginning to want to do. Mm. And not only were you doing it, but you were always coming together in some mm. iteration. And so it would yeah. be like not just one of y'all doing a show. It would be like, you know, two or three of y'all. Right. So it just felt like this just you know, dump, like it was like a, you know, Long Island iced tea of music <laughs> that I got to sort of go and sit. And I have so many amazing memories of being in college and seeing you live and just, and I'm sure if you can visit your trauma, you'll remember those conversations with me of like, because <laughs> I would hang out, I would wait until literally everybody was gone because I didn't want to just talk to you. I wanted like, Five uninterrupted minutes. And so I would huh. I would literally, no, go ahead, go ahead. And it would be like your wife, you know, she would have come been like, you read anything. Okay, let's, he's, a, anybody else? He Don't you love it when you see you? that guy in the merch line? Oh, man. Yes. Just you can see it in his like, eyes. Oh, like, yes. he, that dude hasn't blinked in an hour and a half. Like, just, um, and I would come and I, you know, I would, with all of y'all, That's I would so just funny. be like. so funny. I didn't realize you were, you were around. Oh, my gosh. Shows. Yeah, man. Like, huh. and, and, and so, because that was the beginning of me really going, not only do I want to do something, but. This is a version of it. I don't, yeah. you know, like the way that y'all did it in the shows and the cadence of the shows because y'all all had such mm-hmm. similar, yeah. you know, the banter and kind of the familiar. You know, it was like a very no similar, pretense. No pretense. There you that go. was the thing. And yeah. so I just have unbelievable memories of that season of my life, like of, of seeing you and, you know, like reading and being fascinated and then getting to see y'all every now and then and talk for a minute and just kind of <laughs> like. You know, and and trying to get some of your hair, but it was like that. You know, it was just such that season for me is one of my favorite seasons of life of of that music that y'all were creating mm-hmm. that was just so good. You know, individually and then collectively the whole thing, but then the shows. You know, because you could still, you know, because y'all come hang, you'd come after and yeah. be like, you know, y'all camp out the merch table, and it just felt like this is amazing. Like I'm yeah. interacting with these guys that are doing such great music. I mean, those, your records were incredible. I mean, you know, I mean, still are obviously. And I think the musicianship and the quality of it was so impressive. Um, that, that season for me is like kind of the golden years a little bit of like, you know, especially CCM. That's so cool. Um, I feel kind of the same. There was something special happening back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like in what, and I forget sometimes how formative Cadman's call was Yeah, for that kind of subculture oh yeah like they always invited they were like the only band that would let unsigned openers join them on tour like it was such a weird thing back then that they would let you come and open and hop on their bus for free and they would tell everybody go buy their records not ours you know you can't get there you can get ours anywhere get theirs tonight yeah and we would i mean i remember like selling 300 records at their shows bro that listen i can't i mean you john and i were talking about this Literally 10 minutes before you got here, mm-hmm. literally, because I, I met a, a, we were helping the young adults at our church, that ministry, and I said Napster to a girl who said, what's that? And the guy <laughs> that was with her, her sweet husband said, oh, I saw a documentary about that. Oh my and word, I was we like, so old. Right? And but, he said, on my phone. On my phone. <laughs> stared at you when he said it. <laughs> um, but oh. like, I, I think about that season, and I mean, those shows, you know, that's the thing too, is that you could go... Every now and then I did this. We had Shane and Shane on last week that came out, or this week it just came out. But I remember doing a show with them, and I, you just be like, you sold out of CDs. And I was like, what I, What do you mean I sold out of CDs? Like, I brought like hundreds of CDs. Yeah, they're gone. And Crazy. Like, what? And you yeah. go home and you felt like a drug dealer. Just yeah. Like all this cash. That to me is the biggest difference between, like, whenever a young artist asks for advice, I'm just always like, I, that was so such a, like, 
logistical, practical part of what kind of kept it going. Yeah. When you're starting out, you could go play some coffee house, bring bring a sleeve of 30 CDs, sell them for 15 bucks. Yeah. And then that That's that rent. made sure you didn't have to yeah. worry about, you know, yeah. getting a job or whatever. Yeah. It, I don't it, that know. just yeah. seems like way gone are the days. I never yeah. know what to tell young artists now. Yeah. I'm just like, it is so different. But they find a way. They you know, do. There's a yeah. way. I just don't know that yeah. way. Yeah. I, yeah. I have, that, that has grown over years ago for me. Like yes. There used to be a way. There's no way. So so, so one of the, you, you just said this, and I think this has always been something so fascinating about you as a person that I admire so much is, um, and you mentioned this about Cademans, but you're the same way. Like One of the things mm-hmm. that I was thinking about sitting with you today is, you're this gatherer. Like you really, mm. if you look at Behold the Lamb of God, which is such, I mean, everybody knows that tour. Everybody loves that show. I mean, it's, how many years have y'all done it now? 22. 22 years, right? 22 years of doing the show. It's a national That was how staple. I first heard of you. Mm. Was a, a roommate of mine went to see you in Ball State, maybe? Yeah. Somewhere in Indiana. Yeah. He, he went to see, and that was probably... 18, 19 years ago, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But crazy. like, you know, there's that. So there's mm-hmm. that iteration of you kind of gathering people. And then you think about the rabbit room. You think mm-hmm. about square peg. Like all these things that you do are always sort of these communal moves. It's rarely check me out. It's like, hey, here's me and all mm-hmm. these people I love. Do, you know, I'm sure even at the osmotic level, that had to be sort of taken on a little bit from Cademans and their posture, yes, right? for but, sure. But what is that in you? Like, Because it's it's not just a season. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to do the same for my new friends yeah. and I'm going to move into Andrew land. But it's there's always this thing in you that seems to be sort of gathering and helping. Yeah, I think, um, well, like, like you said, Cademans modeled it for me. And then it also is born of... Uh, I'm probably some loneliness, mm-hmm. like just a real like fear of being alone. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, even when I was a kid, if my tendency was to, you know, if I wanted to go see a, a movie, I'd call one friend and they were like, oh gosh, I, I can't call him and not call so-and-so. Yeah. And then by the end of it, there's like, you know, 12 people sitting on the row and nobody really wanted to see the movie but me. The guy, <laughs> it was how I always felt. But like I noticed early on that I could make friends pretty quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even if they weren't like lifelong friends, I could kind of yeah. do that thing. I remember my parents saying that. And then later as an adult here in town, I had, I didn't realize I was doing it. I just thought it was a this is how you do it. I guess yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you make music with your friends. That sounds, yeah. doesn't that sound like how you'd want to, do? but then pastors and friends of mine started kind of pointing it out as maybe a spiritual gift. They were wow. like, you know, this is a thing that I think the Lord has given you to do here. And, um, and so we just kind of, I just kind of leaned into it and it's not always super easy and it's not always pure. A lot of it is born kind of like the, you know, when I said fear and ambition were a big part of a lot yeah. of the stuff, it's like there's probably the same same part of that mixed in, but the Lord redeems it, I think. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so um, I th- I remember this is an anecdote I've told a few times, but it it kind of illustrates what I'm talking about. But the there was a season where Jamie and I, she is an amazing host and she's so hospitable. Like if you guys were to just drop in right now at our house, I, if, and she is home, I guarantee there's a candle burning somewhere. Like mm-hmm. she just mm-hmm. cares about good smells. She's mm-hmm. always fluffing the pillows. She just, the house is always kind of ready mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. whatever. And somebody, she's a two on the Enneagram. So she's always like, would you like more cookies? Yeah. yeah. More cookies. You know, yeah, she yeah. just loves that. And so, um, we reached this point, this is many years ago, 15 years ago or something where we were, we just kind of felt kind of lonely and mm-hmm. we're like, 
had been busy and disconnected and whatever. And we just realized, we were like, how come we're always the ones that invite people over? Mm. Nobody ever invites us over, you know? We were feeling sorry for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, in our kind of weariness at the time, we were just like, I think we may just need a break. And like, and I'm just curious how long it will be before someone calls us and invites wow. us over instead of us being the hosts. And like, I feel like a year went by. And we were like, there it is. Like, a it's true. Yeah. I guess we didn't have any real friends. They just wanted it, whatever, which is all not true at all. And then, so then people started texting us and calling and being like, we, we miss you guys. When are you hosting another thing? And uh, we haven't seen our friends in so long. Like, we can't wait mm. for you. And then we kind of realized that um, it's, a, it's a calling thing. It's like wow. right. not everybody is gifted like my wife is gifted yeah, at yeah. throwing a thing together. Not everybody that's has a house a that's good, good for a hang. That's a good word. And so we were like, I guess we just, this is, this is our role in this community is to be the gatherers. And so we host this big Easter potluck every year and we kind of do the thing where we're like, yeah, bring it on. We'll, we'll do it. So we, once we realized that it was a gift, that it was a, not just a gift, also a burden. It's kind of like, well, you want to know that it's being appreciated. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and, and scene and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but it's also like there are other th other things that other people bring to the community. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. like everybody's got their own thing that they're bringing to it, and ours just happened to be that. And that it took that for us to realize it. Yeah. You know? um, so I think that's part of the music answer. It's yeah. like it's not always easy to do it, but I just am like somebody's got to be doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's I, in you. I, I might like, as well. The yeah. fact that you're already thinking about it is kind of the And tale. I gen genuinely love these people. Like I feel like I'm more of a fanboy of, and I think you're so good at this. Like I love, like at the Christmas show this year at the Skirmerhorn, you do such a good job of like sharing the spotlight and kind of just telling people, I love these people and here's why. And it's a joy to get to do that, it's you know? Best, um, and it's like, I, I know better songwriters than me and better singers and better players, but for whatever reason, I'm the guy who right now in this moment has the stage yeah. and I, and I want every, I feel yeah. so unworthy of that <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> when I'm I got all these friends in the wings who are so amazing oh, and you yeah. want everybody to know it, you know? Hey Dave. Hey John. Did you know that 84% of families with kids under 18 don't even have a basic will? Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. And what that means is that if something were to happen to you and your spouse, a court would decide who will raise your children. That's crazy. Yeah. But with Epic Will, you can protect your family in as little as five minutes for less than the cost of a trip to Target. Yeah. Epic Will not only covers your children, but it also ensures your health wishes are known too. Yeah. Huge. These are all state-specific documents written by an attorney with over 30 years of planning experience. So go to EpicWill.com and get your family protected today. Use the code DAD20 for 20% off. That's EpicWill.com and use the code DAD20 for 20% off. I got, yeah. I, I got finally, like... I had numerous people say this, but finally, one of my dear friends, Dustin Ransom, who plays my band, who just so lovingly pulled me aside this year, and he's like, listen, I know it comes from such a good place, because I know you, and I know your heart, but you got to stop apologizing. Like, mm. people are here to see your show. Mm. And I was like, God, I need to hear that. <laughs> but it's hard, because you're like, yeah, but dude, you can play. <laughs> you are one of the most gifted music. What do you mean they're here? But but it was just so kind because yeah. I think almost to a detriment I can sort of like mm. you know give it up for the and not that I ever yeah, need yeah, any I totally more applause than I have, but I do think there was a there was a very kind word in that to hear him yeah. kind of go like, hey, like you know 
Yeah. You need to be okay with it. It's hard to admit that to yourself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's it's to to be like, Yeah, I guess I guess this is where I am. This is what I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. I might as well just lean into it and be grateful. Yeah. So uh-huh. tell me, so tell me this yeah. with the books, because we got to talk about these books. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get like a, a tattoo of all the characters on the back <laughs> in the form of a, of a, of a statue at some point. Or, um, what, what, when did you start? When did, so first of all, let me say this to the people listening. Um, those books, I mean, they, I can't tell you how much I love those books. I've read them twice, mm. read the whole series twice, the Wing Feather Saga. It is, it was that thing where I remember reading, I think I told you this, I remember reading the first one that came out, and I got done, and I was like, this is awkward, because now I sort of have these weird feelings about someone I already know. Like, I have this new, weird respect that's sort of tacked on to what was already mm. respect. You know what I mean, that feeling where you have somebody that does something, and you're like, one, I didn't know you could do that, but God, you do this really well. Mm. Like, it's not just like... You wrote a book. Man, good for you, dude. <laughs> God, there's a lot of curse words, but it was good. But like, I just remember getting through it and thinking, he is really good at this. Wow, like, thanks. this is a good book. So I was obsessed with him. And <laughs> anybody that's listening, I used to, I used to email you. Like, <laughs> I was just like, any way that I can participate. And I remember you being like, this is so random. But dude, I need names. Yeah. Like, I just need, I have so many characters in the book. And you sort of bestowed on me this unbelievable blessing. You're like, if you ever think of funny names. And I was like, you have given me a task yes. that I am up to. And so I would send you names. And you're like, I'm actually I remember using that one. At the time, I, I was on the road with Ben Shive. Yes. Who, you were, who was working with you a ton oh, yeah. at that time. Oh, yeah. And you guys had these hilarious text threads. Oh, yeah. Like with funny names. I feel oh, yeah. like there was yeah. some name yeah. thing yeah. game yeah. happening. Yeah, there was. And I was just like, Dave, please, I need a name for the tavern owner in yes. whatever town. Yes. Or, Something I remember, Nibble Sticks was yeah, one of them. Professor Nibble Sticks. <laughs> Professor Nibble Sticks. Um, so there are several names in the Wing Feather Saga that are. I, Dave but Barnes you should names. have seen yeah. me when I got that <laughs> second book because you told me. I don't even think I read it the first time. I was just like, all right, words, 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 words. <laughs> like trying to find one oh, of the names. So good. But the books are so good. What? What? When did that? Like, when did you have that? Because you got this songwriting career, this artist career that's that's going. I mean, it's going. And where does it fall in the timeline? So you you and your wife get married when you're 20. She's 22. Yep. And then graduated college. Touring. Yeah, moved to Nashville when I was like 24, maybe. And then when did when did the you start writing these books? Um, I I feel like I started writing them after my second record, maybe maybe third Mm -hmm. record label record. The um, but I had tried writing books before like when i was in high school i was way into i loved books i've always loved reading Uh always wanted to write in the same way that songwriting like you know there's a moment where you're like oh i love music and then the next step is i want to learn how to play that song right and then the next step is i want to learn how to write a song like you kind of have the slow realization that people make these things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and you kind of want to look under the hood of the car and be like how does this work i want to know more about music you know yeah and so the same thing was true with books. I would love a story and be, be like, somebody made this. How do you make a story? I, yeah. And so in high school, I would try to longhand. I wrote a, like a 150-page Batman novel No. In, when I was in high school because nobody had written like novelized Batman as far as I knew. It was terrible, I'm sure. I, it blew off the back of that scooter that I was riding <gasps> in the woods. Oh. So I lost the... <laughs> Trust me, this is not a bad Jeez. thing. But the book writing thing was like kind of Some always happening. convict is like, this is the best thing I've <laughs> ever read. He's doing the right. skit tonight yeah, yeah. at the jail. Um, <laughs> He's like, and so, so the Joker has a son. 
Stay with me. Stay with me. Who's serious? No, it's true. Uh, so, anyway, I I think it was reading when my kids were old enough to to be read to. Oh I don't wow! Know if you guys huh? do this yet, but like reading, going on a big story with your kids is one of the greatest things. Yeah. And I read the Narnia books to my boys and was like, I've got to know what this is like. Mm-hmm. I've got to figure out how to write a story. And so um, this is it's crazy. When is this coming out? Um, when will this air? Probably 2025, 20, 26. Like yeah. Okay, may, you may <laughs> have to edit this out. I thought you meant Soon. the 25th of May. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, sorry. We don't the, know. Uh, Whenever you want to do you might, I may have to tell you to edit this out, but I was Lost was out at the time, mm-hmm. like when I was starting to write oh, the yeah, books, yeah, yeah. and everybody our age was way into Lost yeah, yeah, before yeah, it ended everybody. so badly that everybody hated it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was writing the books, and Desmond, remember Desmond, the guy who would push the button in the hatch? He was the Irish guy, like, uh-huh. hey, brother. He was yeah. like this, he was Pete the Sock Man in my <gasps> mind. I was like, I'm going to write him, uh-huh. and he's playing Pete in the animated no series. No way. He's going to be Pete. How cool is that? Isn't that amazing? Is that not the coolest? Cir- it's the cute. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so cool? So we haven't announced that, so I might have to text you later and tell you to not. To that is yeah. incredible. But, uh, but yeah, we were, I remember, so you would ask about the book thing, but it was, I remember even like around my second record thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep doing this when I'm 60. Hmm. Uh-huh. Like. Music wise. like thinking Yeah. Like, traveling around the world right. and doing this music thing and. Dragging your guitar through an airport, you know. Yeah. And even then, I had this inkling that like I wasn't made to do that forever. I hope I'm always playing music, but I which don't know probably if I can means tour. that you'll do it forever. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I need to have another side hustle. You know, not only do I really want to write a book, but I think it might be helpful to my family later. And so, um, at that point, I had done music long enough to where. There was an agent that was like, well, even if the book's terrible, he'll sell them at the merch table. Maybe we can get him a book deal or whatever. And they very graciously gave me the deal and um, took me five years to write the first book. Jeez, I didn't know it took that long. Did yeah, you know what that book time. was going to be when you were? Um, I mean, yeah, it was It was this story. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't obviously know the twists and turns of it all. But right. yeah, I, I had been working on this this story okay. for that long. And then, um, and so I would be writing books and then would put out a record and then work on the book and then tour and then work on the book. And I have these memories of being on the tour bus on the Christmas tour, banging out chapters of book four. And it was like, I do not miss those days of trying to wow. like do the same thing at the same time under a deadline. And um, it's a little more spread out now, thank yeah. goodness. But, um, but yeah, I remember just thinking, my wife was just like, no, do it. She was, she's always been this amazing fanner of the flame. Mm-hmm. She was just like, no, I, I'm on your team. You go do the thing. And so... Um, she gave me the space to try to write the thing, and to my shock, like it has been the craziest thing. Like, got getting dropped from my record deal after the third record, um, and thinking that's it. I guess I'm done. Mm. And then, you know, fi- like I, this is a crazy side note, but when my the label president called me to tell me they were not renewing my contract, um, we were working on the Behold the Lamb of God record. And he's the bad guy in the novels, obviously. Go yes. Obviously, yeah. Yes. You pictured him. He shall not be named. <laughs> uh, no, but he was great. He yeah, was yeah. fine. I just wasn't selling enough records. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so I don't blame him. Um, my second record came out on 9-11, so it kind of like like took a really good first record to this mm-hmm. steep drop. And they were very kind to let me make the third one. 
And, uh, but then after that, it was like, this isn't happening. Mm. And so, uh, super sad about it, but like almost like a, he threw me the bone in that call and said, by the way, I heard you were working on a, a book. Here's the name of an agent that I've talked to. Mm. Wow. So he connected me with an agent kind of as a yeah. parting shot. And, uh, yeah. that guy ended up doing it, represented the book and got the first book published. And so it was like this overlap. And then after book two, I got dropped from the publishing deal. And, uh, which was a huge bummer and confusing because the, the books were actually selling well enough to keep going, but they restructured. And so I just kind of was one of the oh, casualties. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. And so, um, the fact that my career has had this weird, like, you know, sometimes it was independent and sometimes it was on a label and sometimes I was publishing the books myself and sometimes it was a publisher and all of that kind of sticking to your guns and just doing the thing that you felt like God wanted you to do. Um, just kind of got us to this place where we're like, well, I guess this is our life, you know? We yeah. have to keep making stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Do, and, you, um, do you feel like the, like, is the author in you and the songwriter in you and performer and then the business owner, runner, are those all different hats or does it feel like this, they all just kind of, the, is it like the same part of your brain question. that is firing? Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Yes and no. Like it is all scratching the same creative itch. Like uh-huh. I love starting stuff. I love seeing a plan come together. Yeah. And kind of like having a vision and then figuring out, pulling together the team mm-hmm. and kind of launching the thing. Once it's going, I, I lose a little bit of interest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that that is the same. But like part of the thing that I'm struggling with now is the, the whiplash of. Yeah. The different going back things. And forth. So of you know trying to give creative energy to this thing but and then getting texts that we need you to answer this question over here and then there's a meeting about this over here it's just not a good idea it, and, and yeah. it's like i may be connecting dots that aren't connected but i'm just thinking of how you described your dad yeah what you saw i'm yeah. like are did you in some subconscious way work your make sure you worked your way into a mirror image of oh, what man. you saw your dad experiencing you know what i, I mean? mean yeah i think my brother and i both do that same thing yeah we both um maybe have a hard time delegating mm-hmm. well you know you, you know, know what i think too I, I was having a conversation with somebody about this in the last couple of weeks but it's amazing i mean this is uh, this is nothing new to the world but it's still fascinating to me that we tend to operate in things that will f- in ways that we're familiar with operating mm-hmm. and so i think when you think of your family and what you're used to seeing as functional or dysfunctional as it is you know it you know right. that language. Right. Right. You know exactly what to expect. Yeah. So it feels comfortable even in its height of dysfunction or function, whatever. And so I do think it's interesting. It's really heavy on me as a dad when I think mm-hmm. about that. Because I'm like, man, what am I doing to sort of do this with my kids? And are they picking up, even at the osmotic level, some sense of like, oh, well, that's how dad rolls. So maybe that's the way we're supposed to do it. Right. Um, which is a great segue. Watch how good I am at podcasting, <laughs> by the way. You know what I was going to say to small side really quickly? To add to, because I think this is really great. We didn't even mention this, but because um, we sing this all the time at church. But is he worthy with that mm. Tomlin covered? I mean, that's another moment in your career where just these cool to what you said to enforce what you're saying. That it's just this wonderful sort of thing. Oh, it's so many cool little, gink, 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 you know, really moments and amazing. things. Yeah. You know that yeah. that you just kind of go, I don't know, I'm doing my thing, and all of a sudden he's like, man, I love the song, and you're like, cool. Yeah, and it's just this, you know. Yeah, yeah it's it's a great blessing. Like again, like I know people who are better at this than I am, and I, and so I just feel so thankful. Like, yes, so amazed that God has allowed me to keep doing this. Yes, in, in a way that I'm happy with. You know? Yeah, um, knowing that it easily 
might not have happened this yeah. way. So it just allows you to just be grateful. The yeah. Whole time. yeah. So one yeah. of the things that I wanted to say, because John and I love having guests on that have kids that are like older, you know, kids. Because yeah. so many in this season life we're in with young kids, you know, they're like, you know, sub, um, even teenagers, you know, ours are 10, 7, and 5, and yeah. they're 8 and 6. So it's like, you know, it's young. Mm-hmm. What, what, like knowing you are in your life now and your kids, which one of the things that I think is so fascinating about your kids, three, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, two girls, or two, two boys, boys and a girl. girl. Yep. Yeah. They, aren't they all in the creative space? So <laughs> yeah. this is fascinating to me. And I, yeah. and I just, I would love to hear you comment on, like one, is that surprising to you? So when you sort of think about when they were kids, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, you're like, oh no, the trajectory was always there. And then do you feel like it's something about y'all as a as a parenting unit mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, it kind of makes sense they landed there, or that y'all really fostered that, or did y'all ever like not foster yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. well, you don't know what it's like in here, kid. You know, is it like <laughs> is it ever like Oh, we have his Batman novels. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Excuse me, Sonny, did you write this? <laughs> oh my god. I'm not gonna hurt you. I just want to know. But put it on at the prison, and we need to know how to cast the characters. Her voice is amazing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, just like yeah. when you think about that with your with your kids, like yeah, I think I think the biggest thing was that they grew up in an incredibly rich and nurturing Christian environment and artistic environment. Yeah, like like for me, and I don't know how this was for you guys, but there was like I said earlier, there was like a it was hard to reconcile the two things. Like in my mind, it was yeah. like either you're a Christian and you, you follow Jesus, which means you're a pastor or a missionary mm-hmm. or you don't follow Jesus and you become a filmmaker or a novelist. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> I just didn't know that you could be both. Right. You know, that yeah. there was a seat at the table for nerdy kids who liked Batman yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. It turns out there is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so our kids never grew up with that. Yeah. Weird divide. Yeah. They were like, you know, not just for me and Jamie, but this whole community. Nashville's an amazing place. It's amazing. Yeah. And it so for, for them to have all of these, and like Sky, my daughter, who's a songwriter, like it's so cool for her to have all of these amazingly talented female songwriters to look up to. Mm-hmm. Not only as killer songwriters, but they she sees them at church on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. You know right. what I mean? That's right. So it's like, that's right. and they come over for, so they're not, it's like this very like, oh, art is work. Mm, and you can, yeah. You can spend your life doing something that you love. You've got to work at it, but you're going to be working at something. Yeah. And so the kids all just, we didn't push it on them. I didn't make any of them take lessons. We tried fiddle lessons for like a week, and that's the worst. Uh, the worst. And so, what a terrible uh, Was that something that you had to like pull yourself from? Like to, to, to not a push little bit. them into yes, it? Yes, a little bit. I, I kind of wanted to be like, no, you're going to do this. You're going to thank me later. Right. But then I was like very paranoid that they were going to, I didn't want them to resent. That's me right. Yeah, right. A, yeah, yeah. Right. As a musician, like some weird counseling session in thirty years, where they're like, "My dad made me follow in his footsteps, and I didn't want to." Right. Right. Like I just was very paranoid about that. So, but that would be tough when you see that they have some mm-hmm. talent for for something creative. Yeah. To not kind of. Yeah, I mean, and we would it. like. I've joked before. It's like we didn't make them take lessons, but I would like just like leave a guitar in their room. Right. Um, <laughs> or or like you, I, I have a thing about the piano lids, you know, like if you have uh-huh. a pian- real piano, never close the lid, like leave it open always. Cause the kids, you can hear it happen. They walk by and go bing, bong, bong, oh, bong. Dude. And then I mean, you we can hear a, them come back. And yeah. Go, dong, 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 dong. Yep. And so we have just, a piano in our house. Yeah. And, and the reason why, one of the reasons why I wanted it is I just wanted a 
to start with a piano in the house. Yeah. Like I, I took lessons from when I was four on and I thought that's, that's too early. Let's go this other route, but let's have it in the house. And when I, when I rarely do, but when I, when I sometimes close and lock that lid, uh-huh. when I know like there are going to be a lot of kids around, yeah, let's yeah. just, cause our house is not, there's no place to go. Like the piano's in the center of the house. If kids are playing the piano, it's that's like the thing that's, that's overtaking the whole yeah. house. And it's a terrible feeling when I lock that lid. You just hear God go, oh, oh Andrew's going to be so disappointed. Oh in <laughs> Somewhere you're out mowing your yard and you're like, something is wrong. But I have to tell myself when they're banging on, I'm like, this is good. This is what you wanted. This is it. Just yeah. chill. Yeah. yeah. We were that way. My uh, son, Asher, the middle son, is a awesome. He's a drummer and a producer and uh-huh. like runs front of house for tours and stuff nowadays but yeah, he's really talented dude but he, when he got into the drums our our friends were just like <laughs> are you sure like it, his bedroom is right above us and our ceiling fan we have these hilarious memories of 2 a.m the ceiling fan just because he was oh up there just gosh, going Jane. for it will franklin How great Chapman, that he grew up in a house that he could do that at yeah two in the morning though and will franklin was his drum teacher oh uh-huh. my gosh and will's like animal like he's oh just yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah and so that was asher's like you know the precedent that was set and and i was telling somebody i was like there wasn't a single time that i was annoyed by it like yeah. we would lay there unable to sleep with grins on our faces yeah laughing about it yeah. like well this is what we <laughs> get but we're when your kid is into something that they love it is one of the most delightful things which I feel then, like that's really pointed at me after the story i told did you ever no uh, no no ever, no i needed to hear oh, it. i get it's it fine. well you were talking about other kids other kids are the worst i'm talking about <laughs> dave's kids yeah <laughs> he's just staring at me uh, <laughs> yeah that so so and i was gonna say your other son who is a freak show artist yeah he's so good he is incredible yeah he's you weren't you even publishing some of his stuff when he was in his like early teens? yeah he illustrated Cre- pembroke's creaturepedia which is a wing feather yes, yeah kind of extra book um when he was 16 or something dude like. it is hmm. so what is he doing now so he is illustrating so he's t- both boys are married now and so and he is um full-time illustrator and he's also Doing character design and backgrounding for the Wing Feather show. He is. I mean, I, I just. Yeah. I remember seeing that book and me going, "Okay, these are really good." Who did these again? And looking yeah. up and seeing your son, I was like, "Is he he's even crazy. in his teens yet?" Yeah. So I he's twenty three now, twenty two or twenty, and just killing it. Just other, he is so good. Uh, and his wife is an illustrator. Oh God! And so she's, she's awesome. Um, Asher's wife is like a music business so it's just cool to live in a city Isn't where so yeah. funny there's like real job possibilities in this in this world yeah, right that they really love uh, aiden's a songwriter too they have a band our kids yeah. have a band yeah called wake low w-a-k-e-l-o-w that is um just this really I mean, do cool you just i mean do you grow like seven times in size oh i just cry every time i just cry <laughs> constantly <laughs> just the other day i i texted the the family group chat and was just telling him that i was just listening to their records oh, and just crying geez. we have like a peterson playlist of just the kids music and it's just like who are these people isn't that They're so that much better be. than i am so what is it like having like what what is it like being a dad to like grown kids like what, what are the new rules oh man Ooh, do we want to go do dark places in this take us wherever I you go if we wanna... i is it's really been interesting to uh Oh man, 
I don't, I can't decide if I want to go, go there or not. The, uh, I have a lot of insecurities Hmm. and so, um, have struggled with like one of my central, uh, spiritual struggles is believing that I'm loved. Hmm. I know I'm not alone in that. A lot Mm -hmm. lot of people struggle with that, but just and that, you know, that ultimately is like, that's why I was so overwhelmed by God's love is like Hmm. the, the moments when I really believe that he loves me. I feel like I am most myself. Mm. I have this freedom and I can just kind of be like his beloved and just be fine with kind of whatever. And so it's hard for me sometimes to believe um, that my kids love me. Mm. Like not because of them, but because Mm -hmm. I'm just like scared that I'm going to mess it up, you know? And so I I think it's okay for me to share the story, but my my son Aiden (laughs) um, sent me, uh, like I texted him one time because we were going to have coffee at the well over cause he went to Lipscomb and the well coffee house was across the street. Yeah, yeah. And I was meeting him for coffee and, and I realized that I was anxious going into the meeting um, because the, our roles were changing, right? Mm, it wasn't sure, like I was his, sure. the hero dad. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I was now more like a buddy, yeah. more like a, a friend or mm. a peer. And we we're just going to go shoot the breeze and have a cup of coffee. And he's this solid dude. And, um, and I realized I was nervous and I was like, why am I nervous to talk to my own kid? And it was because I was afraid that I didn't, I didn't want to mess it up. I was like, it was almost like the lie I was telling myself was that if I kind of keep my distance, he can keep imagining me as being this awesome guy. Absolutely. And if I lean in, what if he gets tired of me? What if Mm -hmm. he gets sick of me or whatever? And so it was this real fear that I could probably spend years in counseling getting to the bottom of. But, uh, I was, uh, after our coffee, which was a little stilted, you know, because I wasn't still feeling all that stuff. And he was just kind of hanging out and doing his thing. And, uh, after, you know, the, the follow-up text, which has become a a thing in our world, like I got in my car and I just texted in this long text. It was just like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I think you're amazing. And if I ever seem weird, it's because I'm just so afraid that like, I'm going to disappoint you or like, you'll get sick of me or like whatever. I don't want to mess up this amazing relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. And my tendency is to kind of lean away and kind of preserve something at a distance, which is completely wrong. It's obviously not how it works. And, uh, and I sent it to him and like a few minutes later, he sent me back this long text that was like, kind of like the, the, the kids teaching you what good music is. They begin to teach you what the gospel is. <laughs> and so like, he wrote me this long text that ended with, he was like, I get it. I know your heart well enough to know that that's what's going on in there. And at the end he was like, just, I want you to know that I like Andrew Peterson. (laughs) And I just got the tear. I just got the lump in my throat when I said it. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my boy. And, uh, and he repeated it. So anyway, the point is, is like, he gets to like turn it around and be this vessel of like affection for his dad. And so, uh, I've just had to like be okay with that. Like my kids like me and that's so much more meaningful in some ways than them saying they love me. It's like, well, of course they love me. I just want to be their friend. I want to be close to them. So anyway, John, hey, uh. Hey Dave. Oh, I was hoping there'd be a response there. Um, No, it was good. Can I ask you a uh, question that Queen posited to us decades ago? Please. Would you like to ride your bicycle today? Yeah. Just after this? I would love that. Should, should we both hop on our electric e-bikes? 
<laughs> John. Like a couple superheroes? I mean, listen. <laughs> finally. Finally. <laughs> I'm a little curious what the tie-in is there, but you I don't know. know. I just feel like a superhero <laughs> when I'm on my electric e-bike. <laughs> You're going fast enough to be one. Yeah, you are. There it is. There's the tie-in. Yes, I will. I will. I need to speak to this, John. Okay, you heard the giggle in us because yep. we're excited. Finally, there's an e-bike made for everyone. Everyone. Electric e-bikes. Yep. And they start at just how much, John? $7,000. Nope. <laughs> wow, you were so bad with money and math. It's just $7.99. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. They're the fastest growing e-bike company in the United States of America. Yep. And it's easy to see why. Let me tell you. All right. Electric e-bikes are affordable, customizable, okay. and they ship for free, fully assembled. Yep. Fully assembled, people. Yep. Plus, they quickly fold in half. No bike rack. No truck required. Yeah, that's right. Listen, we unfolded that thing. Literally, one yep. unfold, click, it's done. Yep. We didn't even charge it. What did we do, John? We got that thing out we of the box. Ju- we hopped on and we rode <laughs> like like a couple of and superheroes, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> listen, listen. I like riding bikes. I've done it all my life. Of course. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't done a lot lately. Why? Because it's sort of cumbersome. Right. You know. Yeah. You get, you well, and that. it's hot outside. It's hot so outside. you get on the bike and you, you hit a hill. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, geez, you, I'm going to have to shower twice today. You are sweating you know? like you're about to be interviewed yeah. from the FBI, okay? This one, we jumped on. We are having, we fought over who went next. Yeah, we did. It was that much fun. It was one of our biggest fights. Yeah. Listen, I already told you, they fold up, they ship free, come pre-assembled and pre-charged. You'll be on the road immediately. Plus, the battery is hidden away. There's an LCD display featuring speed, range, and adjustable power. It's way more eco-friendly than a car, people. That's why you're saving the world. Yeah. You can explore the great outdoors or the city while keeping the air clean. Also... They have received thousands of rave five-star reviews. I'm going to write one myself. Do it. You're doing it now. Join the affordable e-bike revolution. Go to electricebikes.com and use code DADVILLE to get a free foldable, mountable, bike like and a bike lock, guys. How much fun have I had on there? My brain's jiggled. That's how fast they go. You get a free bike lock with any bike purchase. That's electricebikes.com and use the code DADVILLE. I've never, I've never thought, I've never, I mean, obviously our kids are so young, but man, I know that's going to be a struggle. Like, that's so funny. For as much as we've talked to dads, I've never heard a dad say that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be a reality for Mm -hmm. me. Like, I'm just going to, I mean, like, I've I've laughed. Like, (laughs) I think the good thing about all of us being so counseled and, you know, therapeutic, that's a good side, (laughs) is that, like... You know, the good thing is you know these things. Like, you, we kind of understand how humans right. work, you know, and that's a little more in the common vernacular now to say yeah. these things and it not be so like, oh, <gasps> you know, like, you know. But I think the downside of it is, is you, it's just, a, it's like, I think about this a lot. Like, I think about yeah. like family of origin and trauma and the wounds I'm giving my kids. And so I think I can see myself so easily in 10 years, just like every time I hang up with my kids, you know. We're cool, right? Bro, we're cool, man. <laughs> Do I need to apologize for anything? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Was that too? I feel like I was so loud at dinner. Oh my god, you hate pizza, honey. He hates pizza. Why do we serve pizza when you come? I'm sorry. You know, but just I think the the tricky side of that, I think you know, of knowing these things, of just you know, when you know how you work and you know your sin, you know yeah. your your story and all those things that it's going to affect. I've just never thought that's a really helpful thing to hear you say, because I think one, I, I know I, I relate to that now before it's happened, but I know for me, I could so easily see that. Like you're going to hang. You're just like, dude, Barnes, don't screw this up. 
Yeah. The kid is so yeah. cool. He's yeah. the greatest. Yeah. He can never come home for Thanksgiving if you don't say the right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy, but it's, it's, that's that it. is you just so interesting. So, yeah, I just like to have him reassure me that it's like, it's, it's okay. Like, he mm. knows me. Like, they've seen me at my worst. They've seen these, and he still wants to have coffee with me. So, why can't I just receive that, mm. you know, and be at rest? That's the thing. My heart is almost never at rest because mm. it's, it's just kind of like trying to maneuver to make right. sure that it's like, you know, please don't hate me. Please don't whatever. And, uh, mm. and to have your kid just be like, just what you know what i think is just as beautiful to hear you say that he said and i'm curious about this is that he knows your heart i mean that just mm. give me a break well when you said that that he said that i was thinking good on you for being the dad that you were for all the years leading up to that coffee mm. that he you know if you didn't have as close of a relationship yeah. or, if, or if you didn't know that that could have gone a thousand different well, ways that's, that's yeah. kind of what i'm curious about is like w- when he says that what do you think you did that he would say that? Like, what was the posture yeah. you had that would, you know? Well, we were just very open with our kids about our stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a couple records ago, the, the Burning Edge of Dawn album was written after a two or three, maybe four year season of depression. Mm-hmm. And so I was like deep in counseling, struggling with a lot of stuff. And it was, it was, it was the kind of thing that I couldn't, conceal from the kids anymore yeah. you know it was like yeah. they they were teenagers at that point and they were they knew it would have yeah. been dumb to have lied yeah, right. so it was just like hey man i'm struggling and here's how i'm struggling and mm. you know so we would have these like real they don't have any illusions of me being this like tough yeah whatever they know that i've got weaknesses and struggles mm. and and you know uh lot i mean yeah lots of conversations lots of genuine apologies from me to them you know mm. like when you screw up you make sure they yeah. know you're like trying to figure this out. You know, this is my first time doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, thank you for your mercy here. And, and, uh, so yeah, we tried to make sure that they were in on big family decisions or big family drama or pain or even arguments between me and Jamie. Like we, we would get into a thing and, and, uh, make sure, I mean, obviously we wouldn't have it out in front of the kids, but if there was ever tension, we wouldn't try to like pretend like it wasn't there. We'd right. just be like, this is what a marriage looks like y'all. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you got to fight for it. Yeah. Know? And so, um, I think that's what he was getting. Yeah. He was like, he, do you, do you see like when you think about your kids, we mentioned this earlier, but do you see now that they're older? I think about this a lot with ours, even this age, what they'll look like when they're more like your ages. But do you see sort of like, as you spoke about your family, when like how all of y'all can have such a similar childhood similar oh, parents yeah. but it iterates differently amongst them can you see that in them now where you're kind of like wow she is so this way and they're mm. not and though and the, yeah you know and how they sort of yeah well it starts with the youngest one always gets to watch all the all the bad movies all the <laughs> it's like the boys we were so careful of (laughs) everything and then sky was like four years old watching braveheart you know and (laughs) eating popcorn popcorn the the whole thing so uh and she's fine yeah yeah (laughs) she's fine so you but i do feel in some ways yeah the love the the way you relate to each kid is different you love them each uniquely Mm -hmm. you know the same amount but 
in their own way. They figuring out each of their love languages and and finding out. Interestingly, now that they're older, you can have conversations with them about seasons in your marriage mm. and ask them what it was like for them. And holy they, cow! They, and so that's been surprising. We were like, "Whoa, that's what you remember of this thing!" Like, and then we get to fill in the blanks, right. you know? Right. Or like Camp Widgewagon, the YMCA camp mm, uh-huh. in town. Our kids grew up going to that, and we thought it was the greatest. And they were like, "We hate it." <laughs> I always think about that. I, like, I always think two things. One, when they get to be adults, I know there's going to be something that, I mean, probably many things that they're going to come to us and be like, hey, we yeah, yeah. you know, like we have some issues. And I know it's going to be the thing that I swore I did right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I always think about like what, like our our daughters are nine and six. And I always think like, the things that I think I'm doing really well right now are like I jump on the trampoline with them. When they, they always want to jump on the trampoline. I don't, on my own, I don't want to jump on the trampoline. It's hot outside. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to change afterward. But I'm like, do it. Just yeah. so. And I know in a couple <laughs> years when we talk about it, they're going to be like, ah. I don't know. Did we have a trampoline? Did we have a trampoline? I'm going to be like, guys, <laughs> look at our backyard. This is like my you main see where thing. it was. Right. We for sure have those things. Yes. Yeah. Jamie, our sky has no memory of Jamie reading her books. Oh my gosh. She's she's that's exactly she's what like, I mean. She was like, yeah, Papa used to read me books. Did you ever read me books? And uh, Jamie always did it. So Jamie's just kind of like, fine, you know. <laughs> Isn't uh, that so, so funny. harsh? Yeah. That's so it's, harsh. There has Everybody. to be, there has to be, it, it, the season y'all are in, I would imagine, it's, there has to be a really fun, like you said, side of that sort of like, can we ask y'all some questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. where, you know, you get together and you're like, do y'all remember that vacation where, blah, 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 what are your memories? And you're yeah. thinking like, it was a train wreck, we stayed in this place with it, blah, 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 and they're like, oh my God, it was the best, <laughs> yeah, all it was. Like that vending yeah. machine. That's so yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. was a vending yeah. machine there? Yeah, yeah, that for sure happens. And and the thing is, like, because, like, I think your posture posture is great because you aren't expecting yourself to get it right. Right. And as they're growing up, they know that they have a dad who knows he's going to get it wrong uh-huh. and is willing to be teachable and all that kind of stuff. And so then, then it becomes a fun conversation later and not a traumatic one. Right. Yeah. It's right. like, you know, you're not surprised that you didn't get it right. And, um, yeah, and you guys are all friends like i can't tell you what a joy it is especially the fact that both my boys married uh women that we think are great yeah and so now yeah. it's like we've got these daughters-in-law that are hanging out and and uh and our family you know, will have a game night or a pizza night yeah, or whatever that's and it's amazing. like hanging out with oh friends my gosh, man don't you just feel like you yeah. you i mean it's not over obviously but you've won <laughs> like I'm, I'm looking at where you are in life in terms of being a parent and i'm like if I can get there, yeah, man, and we're all—I'm still having mm. coffee with yes. Luca and Livy. Yes. Oh my gosh, that yeah. would be. I best. mean, we are very thankful. Yeah, I will say that. Do the, you do the, you yeah. find yourself looking back and like are there things? Are there anything that you would do? And I don't hear me say this clearly. Not regrets. Yeah. Not at all. But do you when you look back now? Do you have times you're like, man, I wish we had done that a little differently. Like, are there, do you have any kind of marquee hmm. thing, you know? And again, not, I, don't, I mean, it can be heavy or not. I don't mean for yeah, it to yeah, be yeah. that way, but, you know. Yeah. There are things I'm trying to think. Or the, the, of like you've learned be. now. You're like, right. oh, that's yeah, the better way. Flashback. Well, I will, uh, this isn't an exact answer to that question, but I will say that um, no pressure to the kids if they're listening, but we can't wait for grandbabies. Oh, yeah. And one of the, and I'm realizing now that I'm at my age, um, part of the reason 
grandbabies are so exciting to parents is because it's kind of like a redo. Uh-huh. You kind of like, I'm not, m- won't be moving at a frantic pace yeah, like I was right. then. Like I look back and I just, because we were on the road with our kids. Jamie was singing background vocals. Like our first show after Aiden was born was, was two weeks after he was born. Good. And Lord. so bless Jamie's heart. She was out singing BGVs with a two week old baby. And getting paid $200 or whatever yeah, for course. it, you know. And it was just this, like, really, we looked back and we're like, what were we thinking? You would just fall asleep while you were singing. Yeah. And it just, was, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. And we would, like, random people would babysit our kids during the shows. <laughs> oh. this, the at this point, at you're just trusting table. it really is, he's your kid. I mean, they're going yeah. to swap at any moment. I mean, <laughs> so especially true. some of those weird southern churches. That's they're so like, true. we like the way uh, this boy's eyes look. Um, but yeah, we look back at those pictures and we were just, we don't know how we did it. Yeah. And we, we've talked to a fair number of young married artist types to try to tell them gently, like try not to make it work on the road. I think that if there was anything I would say, I wish that I had spent more time at home. Mm, I think that I would have been more okay than I realized financially. That's a good word. If I had slowed down and trusted that things were going to be okay and really built into our lives a rhythm of rest. Mm. Um, But instead, we were just hitting it hard. And you kind of have to hit it hard at the beginning. It's okay. Um, But I look back. And so, like, the thought of having grandbabies and and being able to be slow and really savor it. (laughs) Because I just barely remember those days. We were just gone so much. The kids were crazy. Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, you, this, you, thank you for doing this. Yeah. You are, you are a legend. (laughs) It is genuinely, it's such a joy to have you here. Um, with all the million things that, you know, you've given to the world. It was really funny as we were talking, I was like, I feel like there's too many things to talk about. Like Mm -hmm. you just have Mm -hmm. so much of yourself out there in the world perpetuate. I mean, you know, we didn't even talk about the books, the, the the recent two books. I mean, it's, it's, I'm really thankful for you and how your brain works. I think it's. It's a real, it's amazing. I was telling John, I was like, it's not just even that you've had music and books. Everything you've done is so diverse. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, I'm thankful you, and I think it does take bravery to do that. You know what I mean? I think it does. Thanks. I think it's not just your music because you've done that, which is brave in its own way, but I think to put out all the other iterations of you that aren't your specialties, mm-hmm. at least initially, is such a brave Thank thing. You. So I'm thankful that. So we always have Thank two you. questions we ask with. Uh, All right. We end with before we go. First is, what is the one thing you want your kids to know? That Jesus is God and he loves them. Jeez, did you know where I asked that? No. <laughs> That's just what I want them to know. <laughs> that is great. That's great. That's good. All right, what do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Oh, man. I liked Andrew Peterson. Mm. <sighs> Come on. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Knock them down. <laughs> that was so good. Cheater. Dead fish.